0: John, another round of ESPN layoffs. We'll discuss, Andrew. And it's NFL draft weekend, so hopefully we'll get some classic moments. It's obvious to me right now that the Jets just don't understand what the draft's all about.
1: <laughs> and we're back. I'm Marshan Oran, sports media podcast. I'm Andrew Marshan, sports media columnist for the New York Post. He's John Oran, the media reporter for the Sports Business Journal, and John, the big news, ESPN layoffs. We're going to get to that in a moment. But first, who's up and who's down?
0: Who's up? Who's down? Who's up? I'm going to stay in D.C. for my who's up, Andrew. I'm going to make it Mike Rizzo. He's the general manager of the Washington Nationals. And it looks like he's going to have a lot more money to spend on keeping his own players and maybe getting into the free agent market which is not a bad place to be after his team couldn't afford Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, Trey Turner, Max Scherzer, you name it. We're talking about him on a media podcast because it finally looks after more than a decade that the mass Masson dispute is almost over. I'm really, like we've been saying this for years, it's almost over, but this time, it really looks like that. Still gonna be some more negotiating, so it's not gonna end uh, tomorrow or, or next week. Nothing in this dispute goes quickly, at all, but the Baltimore Banner, uh, which is a fantastic publication out of Baltimore, uh, reported that the New York Court of Appeals, in a unanimous 6-0 ruling, sided with Major League Baseball and the Nationals over the Orioles in the massing dispute, six to nothing. It's unclear if the Orioles have any legal options yet. If they do, they're going to take them. But it is clear to see where the wall falls in this case. Six to nothing is a is a thunderous statement. What a year it's been for the RSNs, right?
1: Definitely. All right. My who's up is Elon Musk.
0: Why Elon <laughs>
1: Musk? Because he's ruining Twitter, uh, which is great because it's kind of a mild addiction that I and others have had, and I'm planning to still be on it, still will post links to stories and video, and every once in a while I'll chime in. But I'm very hopeful and, and I think I will be spending a lot less time on it. It's not that I care that I lost my blue check mark. It's not that. It's that the blue check mark doesn't mean anything anymore. So you don't know what is the actually the person and who is not the person. And also even before this, you know, latest um guffaw from him it just had become uh with the for you tab uh something that i don't find that useful for my job i have a media list that is useful that i go over you know that i can see you know your stuff and some other people's stuff you know very quickly and just kind of get an update on the day in terms of sports media and if there are things i need to read uh but but overall elon musk thank you very much for ruining twitter <laughs>
0: Are you going to take your social media habits to another platform, Andrew?
1: I will not. I would love there not to be social media. I really would. It's nice to have a following, and I appreciate everyone who follows me, but I'm not on really any other social media. I have it. Like I have Instagram. I have TikTok. I look at Instagram a little bit, but not much. It's much better for me to spend time. Reading the New York Post app and website, reading SBJ, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Washington Post. Those are kind of my reading diet. Um, and I have found as I've kind of cut out Twitter more, reading those things, I it's much healthier. And I just feel like I'm a little bit smarter reading those type of publications as opposed to just doom scrolling on Elon Musk's bird app.
0: I am not where you are yet. I still appreciate it, but I, I can see where it's heading to that with that area. Let me go to Who's Down, Uh, my Who's Down, MLS Commissioner Don Garber, and it's based on an interview that friend of the pod Roger Bennett of Men in Blazers fame had with Alexander Sheffrin on his pod this week. Shefferin is UEFA's president, and he said this when Raj asked whether or not the UEFA's Champions League final would ever be staged in the U.S. This year is Istanbul, uh, 24 is London, and 25 is Munich. And after that, uh, let's see. So that is a foreseeable possibility. It's possible. It's possible. God bless America. I want to uh, pick out one more clip from that pod. It's a, it, it is a good pod if you want to listen to it. This is what Sheffrin said about the American sports fan. Football is extremely popular in the United States these days. Europeans are ready to pay this amount for the best, this amount for something a bit less, and this amount for even less. Uh, Americans are ready to pay this amount for the best and nothing for the less. So they will follow European football as basketball lovers in Europe follow NBA. American national team, the more players play in Europe, the better the national team will be. We talk about this almost every other week, Andrew. MLS decided to chase dollars over distribution when it did its deal with Apple TV+. Sheffron's comments make it very, very clear to me that some of soccer's biggest leagues in the world view the U.S. market as a place where they have the potential to really make inroads.
1: Okay, my who's down is Disney CEO Bob Iger. The reason... The layoffs overall at Disney, 7,000 jobs are lost. ESPN just began theirs this week. Uh, And look, Iger is one of the great media executives in the history of our country. Uh, There's no doubt about that. The way he got there was by making great acquisitions, uh, which was largely due to the fact that Disney basically lucked into ESPN. Uh, it's not something when they made that deal, they were thinking ESPN was going to be such a cash cow, but ESPN uh, at times was a third of Disney's earnings uh, and was able to you know allow them to buy Pixar, etc. cetera. Uh, so Iger got to, to do that. Now I understand there's no loyalty in business, all right? But uh, when you look at what is going on with ESPN, I want everyone to remember what's going on now with the layoffs in November when they break out their earnings and they're tremendous, which they're going to be. Uh, And so, yes, I understand how business works. Um, I find it very greedy. Every, you know, earnings report has to be better than the last. And so people lose their jobs. But the thing I, why I point to Iger and Disney is that it's a great place to work when you're working there. I worked there for 11 years. I was fortunate enough to leave on my own accord. um, But Uh, A lot of people aren't. Disney presents themselves as different. They call the people who work there cast members. Um, But now for ESPN, for example, this is the fifth layoff in the last decade. Every two years, there's layoffs. Now, obviously, number one, that impacts the people who lose their job. Number two, it guts the place because everyone else feels like the ground is shaking under them. And then thirdly, and this is very important, Merit isn't always the case on who loses their job. It just feels as if uh, if your numbers up, your numbers up. Over my eleven years, if it had happened at certain times, I probably would have been in trouble. And so there's a lot of luck involved, and that doesn't make you different. And this is what I always said when I was there, and I say it now: uh, that Mickey, he's a passive aggressive mf'er.
0: Andrew, let's uh, take that and roll right into topic one, which is uh topic one with a bullet on, on the the ESPN layoffs. Uh. They started on Monday. Uh, the two big names that came out, uh, Mike Soltis, who is uh, the second longest tenured executive at ESPN, been there for 43 years, uh, was shown the door. Uh, only Soltis' boss, Chris LaPlaca, has been there a little bit longer. And Chris, of course, is the one that sort of made the decision about you know uh, w- where to cut in his, uh, in his department, and uh, that happened to be uh, Mike Soltis. Russell Wolf. An executive who was in the running to become head of ESPN uh, several years ago, Uh, been around for a long, long time. Took the reins at ESPN Plus, which, by all accounts, is is, has been uh, hugely successful at at Disney. Uh, But uh, somebody else who in the reorg lost a lot of power, uh, ended up getting layered and uh, and was was also uh, shown the door sort of in a really unceremonious uh, fashion. The thing that, that you mentioned that really strikes me is that Disney, they set themselves up to be a little bit different. They're a company that does want to embrace history. Uh, you, you see it in Bob Iger when he when he talks about how he's been with the company for nearly like half of the company's uh, history, you know, and he wears that as sort of a point of pride. It's very hard to engender loyalty among the rank and files when you see people who is more loyal to ESPN than Mike Soltis, who's been there for for 43 years. And he's, he's sort of not allowed to leave on his own terms. Uh, and the, the outpouring on social media that I saw of people that were very complimentary to to Mike and, and, and the job that he did. But we're here to call balls and strikes. It was total mistake to to let Mike go. He's a, one of the Best communication people in the business, uh, not to mention at 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 ESPN. And when you say that it's not based on merit, I don't know what that could be based on.
1: Well, here's one thing: ESPN is not a charity, right? So you know, people aren't entitled to work there forever. I mean, that's a fair thing to say. The thing that I have had a problem with when I've seen all five layoffs, it's just the haphazardness of it and the feeling of that no matter what you do, it doesn't necessarily matter. Now, of course, it does matter. Like Stephen A. Smith's not going anywhere. Uh, there's certain people, Mike Greenberg's not going anywhere. There's certain people who aren't going anywhere that they're going to keep. But when you try to act like you're different, but when in reality, you're just a number, right? The, you talked about 43 years for Mike Soltis. Like, I don't really care about that, right? I don't think Mike Soltis necessarily deserves 45 years because he's at 43, like 43 is yeah. a lot. He deserves Absolutely. this. Other two-
0: Absolutely. I agree with yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. He, does,
1: he deserves the other two years because he's valuable to the department. And that's where, to me, it's very disappointing. And I understand ESPN kind of got caught up in this one. Like they've had their own layoffs. This was Iger saying, we're letting go of 7,000 jobs. They weren't just going to say, you know what, ESPN, you've already done this, um, but they're now sawing down to the bone and that's good for profits it's not good for people. So, cast members aren't different than other companies. And now you could argue all the companies are doing this. That's fine. That's true. Um, it doesn't make it right and it's not needed, which we're going to see in November when you when we see the earnings report and how much money that ESPN is still making. And so that's where it's frustrating and that's where also it's tough to it's tough to see ESPN these days as a destination place, right? When we were growing up, I was born in 74 ESPN um was uh came to be in 79. So I grew up on sports center. I mean I had a Cal Ripken like streak for about, you know, set, I don't know, early in the when it first started into like my junior year of college where I think I went every day without missing sport center, right? The joke in my house with my parents was I was studying from 5:30 to 6, if I knew the math or not, I was done at 6, I was watching sport center uh back in the day then. But the idea of it, it's still the leader. I said last week, it's the Yankees of of uh, sports media. It's still number one, but it's just kind of like the Yankees. The Yankees haven't won in a long time. You know, they're kind of like the Yankees. They're not, they might still be the Yankees, but until they start winning some championships again, they're not really the Yankees. I think as a company, they're well-positioned. You know, Jimmy Pataro, who's the chairman of ESPN and Burke Magnus, they have set ESPN up well in terms of, as a company, in terms of all the live rights they own. Um, but in terms of a place that you want to work at, I'm not sure it's really that anymore.
0: Before we go into to topic two, I also want to just talk about the morale in Bristol and among ESPNers. I, I, uh, it, it is as low as as any time I've ever seen. And I really question the, the strategy of doing these layoffs in, in three phases. There is, of course, phase one that only affected Disney. Phase two is, going to, is happening this week, and it's really affecting a, a lot of people that work at ESPN. Phase three is coming at the beginning of the summer, probably June. It's going to fa- affect even more people. And then there's sort of a, a little talked about fourth phase. It's going to be a, a prolonged phase where it's, it's, it's going to involve the talent as well. Disney will say that they think that this is, you know, seven thousand jobs that are affected. I think it's uh, the, uh three thousand um, open positions and four thousand people, and they they're going to say that this is sort of a more humane way of doing it to make sure that it's not seven thousand all in one week or or, or all in, in in two weeks. That it's easier to spread uh, to spread across. Uh, it appears pretty obvious to me that there, you know, that there are a lot of legal. Uh, reasons, and they're they're just trying to get all their ducks in a row. To and it just it makes it a really difficult uh, place to work when you don't know when 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 you let go of people like like Sultis or Russell Wolf, you don't know if that if that's going to uh, go and affect you. And it makes it uh, the, the morale there is uh, as low as I've ever seen.
1: And Brian Curtis from the Ringer, he had a good stat in his column. I mean, it's really a bad stat, but. An interesting stat, uh, 1,100 jobs have been lost over the last decade at ESPN, 1,100. That's a big number. Um, and and here's the thing that I get to at the end, right? Again, I, I talk about Disney and the cast members, and they try to act as if they're different. But like you don't feel like you're in a foxhole with the person next to you, unfortunately, because it's all about the numbers at the end of the day on the sheet um, that's going to come out in November that's what it's about and i understand that's big business um disney's a billion dollar company but like it just there's no real loyalty you know, there are people who protect their friends there. Yeah. That that does happen. There are people who are protected, but at the end of the day, you know, Chris LaPlaca was the one who decided that Mike Soltis, it was his time. You know, the thing about it is it creates an environment that someone might say that to Chris LaPlaca at some point. Um, and so if you don't stand up when someone has the merit to remain there, uh, it just kind of, that's the feeling you have at a place and it's lesser for it. And so we can, Pretend like the guts of the place hasn't changed over the last 10 years, uh, but it has. It was a place that was never affected by this stuff. And now it's the place where you kind of expect it. And that's a huge difference in terms of how it's viewed. And it says something about the overall company. um, And it's a shame. Uh, It doesn't mean that they're not going the right direction overall. I do believe in what they're doing. uh, But in terms of being an employee there, uh, it's not a great place to be, unfortunately.
0: Andrew, let's go to topic two, which is... uh, uh affiliated with topic one and the paradox of ESPN spending so much to keep certain people on air talent at at the same time that they're cutting 7000 jobs. You know, just last week, we saw Pat McAfee tweet out a picture of him with uh, Bob Iger suggesting that uh, that McAfee is about to come in to a huge payday at ESPN. Uh, You have some reporting on that, don't you?
1: I, look, I don't think that's definitely happening. I think it's possible. They're definitely in on it. I think NBC's in on it. Um, I put, even though I don't know this for certain, I think uh, I could see Fanatics as a wild card. Um, you know, Amazon, we've mentioned, they seem to maybe not be in the lead at the moment. Uh, and, you know, McAfee's kind of a wild card of what he'll do. Uh, so there's no telling exactly what he'll do. But the idea that you just laid off all these people and then you add Pat McAfee is kind of weird. Like that they, they you resign Marcus Spears uh for you know nearly two million a year that makes some sense right you have a successful show you still have to do business and i'm not saying like look McAfee they might look at it as like a this is a chance that he's the hottest um you know young talk show host and there's a chance to get him on your air and that might make sense and I I've been told that they only do it if it makes financial sense but it it is odd. When you have people walking out the door uh, and you might bring in some big signings, you know, could they sign NFL analysts? It's just like, well, what's the money? And that's where also I think where people, you know, a lot of people will point to like the Buck Aikman signings, right. And be like, they spent 33 million a year on those two guys uh, to, to redo their Monday night booth. Now, obviously the money has gotten insane in terms of the uh, NFL booths, I don't think one really has to do with the other, and that's why, to me, it's also really frustrating. Because let's just say they hadn't signed Buck and Aikman. Do you think the cuts would be any different today than they are?
0: No, I think they they, they would be in exactly the same place as they are. And that's the one thing about this: like you said, you know they still have a business to run. They do. They're they, how many twenty four seven TV stations do they have in addition to you know websites and and streaming services as as well? And they need to make sure. That those shows are good enough and big enough to bring in viewers. I think where are uh, the the business overall is going to see an effect of this. Is it is clear that Disney slash ESPN is in cost cutting mode. I mean, it's clear they they just uh, you know they're they're laying off seven thousand jobs. This is something that we talk about all the times. So this is almost like a greatest hits. But when when they go out to the right deals. And when they start to uh, negotiate with with uh, with various um, uh, leagues and conferences, this is where you're going to see that cost cutting come in. They need the NBA, they want the NBA. They're going to pull out all the stops for the NBA. We see what they what what happened with MLS. We see what's happening right now with the Pac-12. Uh, they have not engaged at all with NASCAR. Um, uh, uh, NASCAR is, you know, do, doing pretty well with. Um, uh, NBC and, and and with Fox. So that's likely going to renew there, but they're making decisions that ESPN of a decade ago would never, ESPN of a decade ago would have been involved with all these discussions.
1: hundred percent. Last thing I would say is, you know, Disney happiest place on earth, but they make a lot of their employees feel like crap. And so that's a real problem uh, to me going forward. And again, at the end of the day, it's only about the numbers. Was it due to the stock price? Um, what are the numbers going to look like when they break out their financial earnings? Um, but in terms of actually working there and being different, it's not different, unfortunately. Let's move on ESPN. And there was all kinds of news everywhere you looked from Fox with Tucker Carlson to CNN with Don Lemon, both being let go on the same day. And then the day before, a bombshell, NBC Universal CEO Jeff Schell was out in a Sunday surprise before the Lemon and Tucker Carlson news hit. Um, what did you think of
0: that? Yeah, I, that was certainly a Sunday shocker. Jeff Shell, one of the uh, legendary media executives, uh, certainly that, that, that I've covered, uh, admitted to an inappropriate relationship with a colleague. It turns out uh, that it was a CNBC anchor and uh, effective immediately. He, uh, he he was out as uh, NBC Universal CEO. Um, my first instinct when I saw that on Sunday was that this is not good news for NBC Sports because Shell is a big sports fan. He has he has front row seats to see the Dodgers. He's somebody who grew up with Fox Sports. He understands the value of sports, and he's made a lot of big decisions in sports. He's a uh, he was a one that w- was really primarily responsible for shutting down NBC Sports Network when. Uh, when that shut down, which, which was a, a total surprise, he has been, over the past year, the, the one person that's really been pushing sports to move on to Peacock, because he's trying to build up the subscriber base over at Peacock. But when I called up a bunch of sources at NBC Sports, and I, and I asked them about losing Jeff Shell and what's going to be different, I heard the same answer from everybody. Nothing really changes. Uh, Mark Lazarus, Uh, is a a long-time sports and media executive. He's probably going to become much more involved. He still was involved. Pete Bavocla still runs uh, NBC Sports Group. And most importantly, the person that's replacing Shell, at least initially, is a guy called Mike Kavanaugh. Well, he's a finance guy. Uh, He's being primed to take over for Brian Roberts when and if Brian Roberts ever ever retires. Brian's dad, uh, Ralph Roberts, never retired. So the idea of Brian Roberts retiring is something that uh, I, I don't see happening but you you can expect Mark Lazarus to have much more of a hand in it. you can expect uh, Pete Bavakwa to still uh, remain doing what he's doing and you can expect NBC's strategies as it pertains to the coming NBA rights deal as it pertains to you know the uh, the um big ten uh, that's uh, gonna be on uh, this fall for the first time uh, those are going to continue. Uh, where you might see some uh, changes at the edges, as I'm keep, keeping my eye on Peacock, I'm seeing that if, if something changes in how they uh, deliver sports to Peacock, uh, right now the, the message that I'm getting is everything's going to be business as usual. All right, after uh, you know layoffs and uh, sexual harassment claims, and, uh, and let's get up to a different topic, Andrew. The NFL draft is coming up. I know you're a big fan of it. Um, uh, you watch everything. What do you stay on primarily?
1: I'm primarily on ESPN I just uh going back to the Chris Berman days uh Kuiper I always love Kuiper uh, I like when they stick with the draft people uh you know I find that they're not as opinionated as they once were and we played that classic clip of Kuiper talking about the Jets draft I think when they took Jeff Lagerman, uh and he just said they don't understand the draft that was tremendous he's a little bit more I'm mm-hmm. not, he's a, he has opinions but he's just not as aggressive which Kind of happens with age and success where people get a little less um, uh, aggressive in terms of what they say. Uh, But I usually stick with ESPN mostly. I will have, though, the other two on go with a three TV approach. Uh, But but largely I go ESPN. I do think Daniel Jeremiah, that was something that during the pandemic when they combined it, uh, Daniel Jeremiah, though, he has emerged as probably. He's one of my favorites, though, on NFL Network in terms of, uh, as a draft expert. Uh, I just find his, his stuff really good.
0: You know, Andrew, I shouldn't admit this because uh, we cover sports media, uh, and the NFL draft gets a lot of viewers. It's a huge TV draw. I hate it. I hate everything about it. It's like you're just getting up there and reading a list of names and people giving opinions. And, uh, five years from now, you, you, the opinions end up not being correct. And we put, bring out all those, uh, all that video and audio. Uh, I do watch it because it because it is a big event. Uh, I do go to uh, because I'm not a fan of the draft, I go to ABC because I want to hear background stories about the players. I, I I love the schmaltz around like the family and some of those stories that sort of get you to know a lot of these players better. I would think that most of the people listening to this pod who are big sports fans, are like you with ESPN or, or or over at NFL Network, but I am a day one guy and I'm a day one on ABC.
1: Yeah, that's probably my least favorite. Not that they don't do a good job with that. I just don't need the musical acts, and um, I just like the opinions about the teams. I mean, yeah, it's stupid. The whole thing. I mean, we talk about <laughs> sp- we talk about it. We like how stupid are we? We are the ones talking about the people who are reading the names, so that's what we're doing. But yeah. I mean, you it, it, to talk absolutely. It, exactly.
0: We <laughs> we we have we take the cake. Can I add one more thing on this? Is uh, well, what we've been killing ESPN today, just just in terms of cost cutting and uh, and everything. And I don't think we're going to see uh, any evidence on, at ESPN in terms of cost cutting uh, uh, during the draft. I think it's going to be a, a robust production, like it usually is. I'm keeping my eye on an NFL network because a decade ago, NFL network started its own uh, draft coverage and it's really good, but NFL network has been cutting costs as well as a, as has been reported Had a bunch of layoffs uh, a, a, about two months ago. How are we going to see that translate on screen? Because I think there's a better chance of us seeing that with NFL networks certainly than with the SPN.
1: Yeah, I yeah you could see that I don't think you know Michael Irvin still suspended looks like questionable if he'll return uh after what you know the alleged incidents at the Super Bowl and the NFL is cutting back uh with NFL Network I mean how can you not cut back uh they just signed uh the NFL did uh, contracts that go into the 2030s that are just for 110 billion dollars. So of course you have to come back. You have to cut at that point, right? I mean that seems obvious. Uh, so NFL, like I you think, asked, yeah, doing really I well. I think Andrew. By it's the way, way, I
0: think we need a. Uh, do we need a Chris Mason rimshot to come at, uh, at the end of that that comment right, right
1: there? We'll give it to us now, Chris. Uh, but but the bottom line is, yeah, they're cutting back despite the fact that now they they could say it's different. You know, it's one's different than the other. The NFL has 110 billion dollars coming in, uh, and they're letting people go. Uh, again i understand it's big business 110 billion dollars anyway uh people just you know it job. is
0: uh, I i can't believe i'm about to defend the nfl okay because uh, it is 110 billion dollars I, I only want one billion of that uh, hey. but the uh, but i think an nfl network like all the league networks is seeing court cutting hit it much harder than some, some uh, that than an out, outfit like uh, espn which is tied to abc and all these other disney channels as well so the 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 business around
1: as a brand over the nfl to make sure that their product is really good and i mean look they have a lot of good people still there but like overall that they have a really good product i mean they do a good job of good morning football rap reports obviously going head to head with Schefter every day um but i don't know i just feel like you don't want to fall behind with that
0: yeah i mean i totally agree with that i uh, of course but it is where the market's headed and, and i think we're we're going to see that at all these league-owned networks
1: let's finish up staying in the cable world the rsn's which has been a huge topic uh we talked about it a little bit last week after you sat down with adam silver at the caa world congress presented by sports business journal uh what do you think that's going on what's the latest with the rsn's john
0: you know, I, I did a story in my newsletter on Monday that was just sort of Adam Silver's comments compared with Rob Manfred's comments, the commissioner of MLB, of course. And I think that they both have a similar idea moving forward. And it's sort of like the idea of where the RSN business is going is really starting to crystallize. And the, you know, people like, uh, like me, I, I'm still a, a happy Cable Bundle subscriber. I'm still going to be able to watch Baseball games or basketball games via my multi-channel video subscription. Uh, more more uh, going into the future, though, the way is you're going to be able to stream these games as well, and you're you're not going to have blackouts uh, at uh, in anything. So there's going to be this is where everybody's moving. I don't know when it's going to happen, but within like two or three years, you can be an Orioles fan in New York, watching every Orioles game, or you could be, uh, you know, and, and that would just be your local game that, that you would end up watching. What's going to be very interesting about this is that the cable and satellite operators, the RSNs right now, they have exclusivity. They pay a lot in rights fees for these rights, and they don't want to share them with anybody. Uh, Rob Manfred said, cable is going to pay a lot less the cable and satellite distributors are going to pay a lot less going forward but they're also going to give up exclusivity so the idea that, that you can go to ESPN plus hit a drop down menu and just say like you know what i want to see um mike trout uh tonight or i want to see my favorite team tonight and you can just sort of make those decisions which for baseball is a pretty big thing cuz baseball is a hugely popular sport locally it's really fallen a little bit, uh, nationally. And I think that they feel that this is a way to start to build back a national base.
1: Yeah. I mean, I thought that Manfred's comments were the cleanest I've heard in terms of what the future is. I'm probably going to do something soon, uh, about that. Um, and I thought that was the cleanest way to say it where you could have, because how does that work right with the RSNs, if you can just go and buy I guess, individual games. Is that what you're getting at there? Um, you know, at, at at other places online, basically with digital distribution. I just don't know how it works. Like in baseball, how you get around the Yankees exclusivity in market. Like, I don't know how you get around that.
0: They won't have exclusivity in market. Yeah, You won't have exclusivity in, in They're in not going to give that up. Why wouldn't they give it up? Well, the Yankees might not give it up, but but if you're a if you're in in Baltimore, it's like you you just are, are able to see whatever game you want to see, and it, so long as you subscribe to this extra innings package, that will have no uh that, that will have no blackouts. I guess, but but that does that work with the YES Network? That's the ba- that's baseball's biggest problem. Is uh, it's not just the YES Network? Does yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean the, of
1: course, NASA. yeah, does that
0: work with the Dodgers, with the yeah, Red the Sox, Sox with, the yeah. Cubs, with the Cubs? The biggest brands the most popular teams in baseball. Yeah. That's a, that's the big issue that they're going to have to overcome.
1: All right, man. Um, That's going to do it for the pod for this week. Uh, We uh, thank everyone for listening. If you can like it, you can subscribe, leave a comment. We appreciate that. As always, uh, the master of the board is Chris Mason. AC Wyatt uh, puts it all together ridgie walker also does a lot to help make this all go and so uh
0: we appreciate all of them and we appreciate all of you can i give one quick shout out andrew end of the pod to b-town 4201 who left a very nice comment saying that uh, uh t- telling me to keep up the o's talk uh because it's great to hear john give them love so b-town which in dc is bethesda i don't know if he's from bethesda or not but uh Yeah, I I will endeavor to keep talking about Adley Rushman, Gunnar Henderson, and the rest of the uh, high-flying Orioles.
1: On behalf of everyone else, nobody wants to hear about the Orioles. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening.